Good morning to you all. It's a privilege for Phyllis and me to be with you uh, again. We've been here on and off over the years. We thank you for your partnership with us in the gospel. And um, thank, I thank the Lord for this opportunity to bring you a message from his word. I'd like you to open your Bibles to two passages, Matthew 8, beginning at verse 23, and also Mark 4, beginning at verse 35. These are parallel passages. They are stories about the same event from two perspectives. As we read these two passages, keep in mind the differences that you might see because we want to put these together and get a whole picture. Let's pray first before we read. Father in heaven, thank you for your word. Give us of your Holy Spirit now to understand. Work in our hearts and minds that we may respond in faith to your word. Work in us in such a way that you will make us effective kingdom agents. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. And so, Matthew 8 beginning at verse 23. The word of God says this. And when he got into the boat, his disciples followed him. And behold, there arose a great storm on the sea, so that the boat was being swamped by the waves. But he was asleep. And they went and woke him, saying, Save us, Lord, we are perishing. And he said to them, Why are you afraid, O you of little faith? Then he rose and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. And the men marveled, saying, What sort of man is this that even the winds and the sea obey him? And now turn to the passage in Mark, chapter 4, beginning at verse 35. On that day, when evening had come, he said to them, Let's go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd, they took him with them in the boat, just as he was, and other boats were with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves were breaking into the boat, so that the boat was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on the cushion. And they woke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And he awoke and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased. And there was a great calm. And he said to them, Why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great fear and said to one another, Who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? When we first went to Chile to plant churches there back in the 80s, uh, we lived on the poor side of town. Uh, we didn't know much about that side of town, but other Chilean, Chilean pastors would come and visit us and they'd say, aren't you afraid to live on this side of town? I said, I don't know, should I be? <laughs> I was then. At the same time, there was great political unrest in Chile. The government, the military, had um, staged a coup, thrown out the communist government, 
and established their own government. And now when we arrived, there was a reaction to that military government. Um, there were protests, especially on our side of town, but all over Santiago, a city of five million people, more now. Uh, people would blow up the high-tension wires. The whole city would be black. We'd hear guns going off in the distance and bombs going off. And so on those days, we just stayed in our house, turned the lights off, and got down low. It was a fearful time. I had my wife, my children with me. What have I done? I've brought them into this mess, this fearful danger. Twice, uh, when I got up in the morning and went outside and saw on the wall around our house, which is typical in Chile, in big red letters, someone had painted Yankee Go Home in English. That was scary. Both times it was because of something the United States had done that they didn't like. And yet the Lord, through all those fearful situations, was with us. Uh, a church is planted, and uh, we have been learning to trust Him in the midst of fearful situations. Maybe you've experienced fear. I'm sure you have. Maybe not like that. Maybe worse than that. Uh, people often experience fear, for example, of what people might think of them. Fear of failure. Fear of being rejected. Fear of thinking people might not think well of you, that you're not very smart, that you don't know things. I'm sure you've experienced fear. And what this passage is telling us this morning is that we should not be afraid because Jesus keeps you safe. Jesus keeps you safe so you can be his fearless kingdom agent. And how does he keep you safe so you can be his fearless kingdom agent? In three ways. First of all, he keeps you safe so you can be his fearless kingdom agent by getting you involved in his mission. Now let's just look at the passage. This trip across the Sea of Galilee was Jesus' idea. In Mark 4, 35, he says, let's go over to the other side. Over on the other side, there were Jews, and as it turns out, a very dangerous man. But Jesus wanted to get his disciples involved in mission. Now let me clarify what I mean by mission. Uh, I don't mean what's often called missions with an S. Um, I was at a mission conference one time, and a missionary was saying, if you can't go, you can give and pray. And I thought, well, okay, I see what he means. Not everyone can go overseas, but the command in that Jesus gives to go into all the world and preach the gospel is not for just a few people. It's for all Christians. We are all to be his kingdom agents. We are his hands. We are his feet. Normally, it's through us that the Lord brings forward his kingdom purposes. Now, it's true. Not everyone can go overseas, but everyone is to get up and go. Everyone is to use his or her gifts to serve the Lord, serving the people that the Lord has placed in your path. We are all to be kingdom agents. That is, we act on behalf of the Lord and through us, he brings about his kingdom purposes. We're his hands. We're his feet. It's through us that he, largely, that he brings forward his kingdom purposes. So, he keeps you safe by getting you involved in his mission in this sense. 
doesn't seem, that seem a little counterintuitive? If you want to be safe, get involved in the mission. Uh, I just described some things that happened to us on our mission that didn't seem very safe. So it might seem counterintuitive, you, counterintuitive to you to think that he keeps us safe by getting us involved in his mission. Isn't it more dangerous to get involved in his mission than to just stay at home and protect yourself? Well, yes, it could be. Uh, one time I tried to get involved with my neighbor, and he ended up threatening to kill me. It can be dangerous. And if you don't get involved, you might be able to avoid certain kinds of problems and difficulties. But the mission on which God sends us is often dangerous. In Chile, I mentioned the protest. In this passage, we have the storm at sea. We have the dangerous man on the other side when they get there. The fact is that Jesus has enemies who hate us because they hate him and because we belong to him. But this morning, I want to tell you that it's true that Jesus keeps us safe by getting us involved in his mission. Because in the kingdom of God, safety and danger are not necessarily opposites. Just because you're in danger in God's kingdom doesn't mean you're not safe. In spite of the dangers that are involved in being God's kingdom agent, we're never safer than when we're on mission with Jesus as his kingdom agent. Because Jesus is with us. We're on mission with him. To the disciples, he said, let's go to the other side. And the safest place to be that day was in the boat with Jesus. Dangerous, yes, but safe. And to us, he says, go into all the world. Get up off your seat. Use your gifts to be a blessing to the, Lord, to the people the Lord has placed in your path. Yes, danger. There could be danger. But I will be with you, says Jesus. It's the safest place to be on mission with Jesus. Sent as his kingdom agent. So this morning, are you, as a believer, engaged as God's kingdom agent in the great mission, the great adventure mission that he has set you on? Or are you playing it safe? Are you on a mission or do you just support missionaries? It's true, it's a risk to reach out. You might be misunderstood, it's fearful, there could be dangers out there. You might be rejected. A woman that Phyllis and I know told us one time that after her husband died, she began building a wall around herself, not reaching out to others. She was fearful, and she just stayed home to protect herself. And she told us how the Lord convinced her that she needed to trust Him and get out and use her gifts to be a blessing to other people. Yes, the Lord, by getting us involved in His mission, has involved us, has swept us up into the greatest adventure of all time. We are adventurers. Now, have you ever seen an adventurer who doesn't face challenges? Imagine watching an adventure, an action-adventure movie in which the protagonist faces no challenges, no difficulties. He just eases through the movie. You'd probably change the channel, right? You'd say, this isn't an action-adventure. Well, we as believers have been swept up into the greatest adventure of all time as God's kingdom agents acting on his behalf to bring forward his kingdom. So we shouldn't be surprised then, since we're involved in the greatest adventure of all time, that there are challenges involved, that there are potential dangers involved. 
But Jesus keeps you safe by involving you in this great, dangerous adventure mission. In the second place, he keeps you safe by protecting you from the enemies of his mission. Jesus has enemies, demons, people who are aligned with the evil one. They hate us because they hate Jesus. But Jesus has power over his enemies. And Jesus' power over the storm that day is a symbol of the power he has over all his enemies. The storm was so bad that they thought they were going to die. Have you ever been so afraid that you just couldn't think straight? I'm sure that was going on. They thought they were going to die. This is it. This is the end. They were about to sink. Water was coming in and it was filling up. And Jesus spoke a word, quiet, be still, in Mark 4.39. And the Bible says, as a result, there was an immediate calm. Now, this event of Jesus calming the sea had, I'm sure, it had great meaning to the disciples who knew the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, the sea is a symbol of chaos. It's a symbol of danger. It's a symbol of death. And Jesus conquered it right before their very eyes. And that's why they said, who is this? that even the winds and the sea obey him. It was a symbol to them of his power over all his enemies. For example, Psalm 93 says, The seas have lifted up, O Lord, the seas have lifted up their voice. The seas have lifted up their pounding waves. Psalm 65 shows that the seas represent the threat of the nations against God's people. It refers to the roaring of the seas and identifies it with the turmoil of the nations. In Daniel, the nations that rule the world are beasts that come out of the sea. However, also in the Old Testament, we hear this in Psalm 93, God is mightier than the thunders of great waters. He's mightier than the breakers of the sea. And so when the disciples, knowing all this, you can understand why they would say, who is this? God is the one who calms the sea. And you can see then how his calming of the sea was a symbol, a foretaste, if you will, of his conquering all his and our enemies. In fact, it's a foreshadowing of what he would do on the cross and his resurrection. There, where he fearlessly faced death, some people say, as they look at the Garden of Gethsemane and Jesus asking the Father, is there any way this can be taken from me? Some people, I've heard them say that Jesus was afraid. But I don't see that in Scripture. I never see the Bible saying that Jesus was afraid. It says that he was sad. He was sad to the point of death, but he was not afraid. He's our fearless leader who's seeing the great enemies, our great enemies, Death, the evil one, ready to swallow us up. He faced death fearlessly on our part. He walked right into it on purpose, intentionally. 
So, Jesus keeps you safe so you can be his fearless kingdom agent by protecting you from the enemies of his mission. You are safe on mission with Jesus. We were not in the boat that day, of course, but we have experienced the greater fulfillment of what happened in the boat that day. The cross, the resurrection. If you are a believer in Jesus, he has conquered all his enemies and therefore all your enemies. The Bible says now that he has done this, he has all authority. He has authority over death. He has authority over the evil one, over every person, however strong or powerful they may be, over every situation, however intimidating or dangerous it may be. Jesus is now the king of the world. Jesus is the human king of the world. And he, as the human king of the world, has authority over COVID. He has authority over political events, actions, and outcomes, and political people. He has authority over your gifts. You might think, well, I don't have very good gifts. My gifts aren't spectacular. No one even notices. He has authority to use your gifts as you act in faith to use them in a way that advances the kingdom. He said to his disciples, since I have all authority, go, make disciples. Use your gifts to be a blessing to those around you. When he says, I have all authority, therefore go, I've heard some people say, that means I'm the boss, you do what I say. And of course that is true. But in the context, when he says, I have all authority, therefore go, what he's saying is, hey, there's good news. I have conquered every enemy. There is no obstacle in your way now because I am the king of the world. I have all authority. Nothing can get in your way now. Good news. Go and make disciples. There's nothing to fear, so be, be my fearless kingdom agents. Nothing can harm you without God's permission. George Whitfield, that great reformed evangelist, was attacked on several occasions, people trying to kill him. And after one of these events where he lived, he said afterward, we are immortal until our work on earth is done. And that reminds me of Psalm 3.3 that says, the Lord God is a shield, not just in front of us, but around us. Think of that. The Lord is a shield around you. Nothing can happen to you unless the Lord allows it for some purpose. Yes, we feel fear, but have we let it control us? Have we let it control our actions? If fear keeps you from using your gifts to reach out to others, to serve them, why are you afraid? Those are the words of Jesus. Why are you afraid? Hear Jesus say to you, why are you afraid? What fears are keeping you from using your gifts to serve others? Jesus has conquered his and our enemies, and therefore he makes us safe so that we can be his fearless kingdom agents. Why would God allow someone to suffer? Why would God, why would the King Jesus allow 
his people to go through difficult times because sometimes he does even though he has power to protect us from even experiencing it he often allows us to go through these difficult times and as we mentioned before it's part of the adventure if you want to be involved in an adventure there's going to be challenges but one of the reasons that the Lord often allows us to go through difficult times is for training purposes and this is the third point the Lord keeps you safe so you can be his fearless kingdom agent by getting you involved in his mission by protecting you from the enemies of his mission and now by training you for greater effectiveness in his mission the mission on which we've been sent the great adventure involves greater and greater challenges and possible dangers and we need to be trained so we don't get sidetracked by fear he gives us on-the-job training and if we at any point refuse to accept the training we may not be prepared to face the next challenge we need training in order to become increasingly useful kingdom agents effective kingdom agents in this passage we see again that the disciples were deathly afraid Jesus was asleep how he was asleep I'm not sure but the Bible says he was asleep and they came to him and said don't you care don't you care if we drown questioning his love and also questioning his power I want us to notice here as we formulate this point that the first thing Jesus does after he awakens is not to calm the storm if you put Matthew and Mark together you see there's a sequence in Matthew we see the first thing he does is to talk to them here he is he's a human so he must be holding on to the side of the boat or else, for, or else he would fall off uh, I'm sure that he's getting all wet it's a, a deathly situation it's terribly dangerous and the first thing he does is let's take a little time to reflect here why are you so afraid and then he calms the storm and then he goes back to the reflection now why was it you were afraid don't you realize who I am and what I can do and what I have done for you he didn't say oh, I can understand why you were afraid I mean that was a terrible situa situation no he said why are you afraid there's no excuse for it because I am with you now this doesn't mean we should be unwise about danger recklessly running into danger that's not what this is about but when engagement in God's mission brings us into danger we should not be afraid we should keep using our gifts keep moving forward the disciples doubted his power but they were safe with him they questioned his love but he loved them enough to train them for greater effectiveness in the future which I'm glad he did because that has impacted the whole world and on this side of the cross you and I have a clearer view of his love and power expressed not only that day 
on the sea, but fulfilled in the cross and in his resurrection. Our fearless leader, having conquered death, now has all authority, and he loves us enough to give us opportunities to engage in mission. We don't know what our faith can do. We don't know how much God can do through our faith until he gives us challenging situations. And then when we use our faith to face those situations, we see, oh, God can do that through my faith. And then you're prepared for the next opportunity to serve in his kingdom. But if you constantly pull back and in fear do not use your gifts to serve, the Lord may eventually pass you by and say, I'm going to use someone else to advance my kingdom. May that not happen. I've been afraid. And I'm sure you've been afraid. Uh, at one point early in my ministry in Chile, I was afraid that maybe I wasn't supposed to be there. There were rumors going around that, oh, the people of the church don't have confianza with you, which to me just meant they didn't trust me, but actually what it meant was more like, yeah, do I, can I trust you enough to tell you what's really on my heart and you won't, and you will understand and be compassionate. That's kind of what it meant. And when I heard that, I was tempted to stop using my gifts. Well, if they don't, maybe I'm not qualified for this. Maybe I should just go home. I think that there is a tendency when we face challenging situations to retreat within ourselves, to protect ourselves, and even to disengage from the mission that the Lord has given us. But when we believe and act in faith and say, Lord, this seems impossible, but this is what you say, so I'm going to be your kingdom agent, use my gifts to serve in whatever situation is before me. As we do that, we grow, we become more effective. The church was planted. Other churches were planted and thriving. Maybe you're experiencing situations right now that are challenging, and you're being tempted to pull back, to protect yourself, and not to engage as God's kingdom agent as his hands and feet. Maybe you're questioning God's love. Maybe you're questioning his power. Maybe not overtly, but practically. Because if I believed he loved me, and if I believed he was all-powerful, and if I believed he was keeping me safe so I could be his fearless kingdom agent, I would be doing certain things. I urge you to receive his training. There's no safer place to be than in Jesus' training school. Repent of fear and unbelief. Jesus, with all authority, has given you the Holy Spirit, a place to serve, gifts to serve, protection, the, the um, shield around you protecting you, gives you training events out of his love, Take advantage of that training the Lord is giving you so you will become a more effective kingdom agent. Before this training event, the disciples were in awe of the storm. Afterwards, they were in awe of Jesus. And we should be in awe of Jesus because he fearlessly faced death and hell on our behalf to make us safe as we go out and be his kingdom agents. He keeps us safe by getting us involved in his mission, 
by protecting us from the enemies of his mission and by training us so that we will be more effective in his mission. And the more we are in awe of Jesus, the more effective we will be as we face various challenges. As I try to apply this to myself and try to think practically what does that mean, I think of an analogy. I'm rowing down a river in a canoe, paddling down the river in a canoe. And suddenly there's white water and I'm afraid it's going to tip over and I'm going to fall out and hit the rocks and bash my head in. And I cry out, Lord, save me. And he says, I am with you. I will keep you safe until it's time to bring you home. You focus on the mission. Use your gifts to serve. That's your job. I will keep you safe. You trust me. Be my hands. Be my feet. Be my kingdom agent. And then in this analogy, I hear a waterfall up ahead. And fear strikes my heart. Oh, no. This is the end. Lord, why now? Why now? Can't you wait? And he says, don't worry. Trust me. You focus on being my effective kingdom agent. I will keep you safe until it's time to bring you home. May the Lord give us grace to push off our fears in faith as we remember who Jesus is, what he's done, and what he has promised to do. Especially these days where we don't know what's going to happen politically There's uncertainty all around. Do not withdraw. Trust the Lord. He is the king of the world. And he keeps you safe to make you his effective and fearless kingdom agent. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for your word. We thank you for sending Jesus to rescue us and to give us a wonderful position as kingdom agents, serving you without fear because of who you are and what you have done. Thank you for this opportunity to participate together in this feast, the Lord's Supper, the bread, the wine, reminding us of Jesus' death for us to rescue us and to make us fearless. I pray that you will strengthen our faith through this participation in the Lord's Supper, that you will encourage us and help us to be fearless as you call us to be. We pray in Jesus' name.